Welcome to Marketing Money Podcast. Roll it! Marketing Money Podcast at marketingmoneypodcast.com is back, and we have two guests today. We have Carrie Rome and Lisa Beck from Cypress Resources at cypressresources.com. Say hello. Hey, guys. Hello. Uh, I'm going to start off today with something a little outside of our topic, and it is I watched the Ric Flair 30 by 30 this Fleer, week. Ric Flair. Ric Flair. And he did you was, tell them that we just said we weren't going to come out with any left field stuff? But that's the and fun the part. First thing you but that's did. the fun part of it. If you if you tell people, okay. Did well, either one of y'all see the thirty by thirty on Ric Flair? No. Okay. So it was crazy. He was, you know, he's he was nature he, boy. He was the nature boy, or the nature as he refers to himself. Yeah. You know, six, are you guys in the seventies? Sixteen 80s, time wrestling? world wrestling heavyweight champion. I've seen it promoted. Yes. Yes. It, it is. It is an hour and a half of roller coaster ride emotions of a crazy man's life and it was ridiculous but the reason i bring that up is i think rick flair could have used a good compliance officer nice great transition just didn't know where you're going with that, that little force little force <laughs> yeah. it's that on the good. nose it's good. it's it's a drop well kick. from from that it was in the nose because yes. he did a lot of coke and i no, think he wasn't into that was he not no he wasn't you haven't seen it yet i haven't no he was just naturally crazy. He, he, he drank a lot, but he drank didn't do a lot, a lot of no crazy. Coke? He didn't do he didn't do drugs outside really? of, outside of the, the Alki Hall. Really? Yeah, really. He's my kind of man. Yeah. That, well, he didn't say he did that. He said he just he was a drinker. No coke. No. Okay. Well, then that I retract that joke. Then. Yeah. You don't need to be. Don't hey. Don't, don't put judge. anything on the. Don't put. Don't put. Don't put it on the nature don't boy. Don't put it on the nature boy. So, uh, but he did a lot of wild things that would not be allowed in the banking and financial services atmosphere. I would say he would be the opposite of. An American banker. Yes. The dumb Ric Flair joke aside about having a compliance officer, uh, one thing that I've I've heard, and we're going to hear more of from uh, Cypress Resources, is that they do some compliance strategy, as they say. Yeah. So uh, let's just let's get into it because I know marketers uh, and banks use compliance as excuses a lot to not mm-hmm. do something, mm-hmm. and also marketers seem to be adverse to compliance as in they butt heads a lot. Right. And I think finding a good working relationship a lot of times helps both of them. Sure. Uh, sure. So let, let's just, let's kick it off. Give us, give us some, some compliance. I, and, and I hate the words best practices. That's like such a business bingo thing. Do like, we have some, uh, uh, do we have any synchronicity with what bankers are doing with best practices? Give us a blue sky stuff? strategy and open the kimono. <laughs> well, how about, a, let, let me, let me start with um, Elevator a pitch. story oh. about how. <laughs> there you go. Lisa and I started working together. There you go. So uh, we met in t- t- 2005. Two. Yeah. A long time ago. A long time ago. And uh, and I had just started Cypress Resources, and she was working at a bank, deep bank experience. And um, in February of this year, she reached out to me and said, hey, I see what you're doing on LinkedIn. Let's have lunch. So we went to lunch. And she said, tell me about what you're doing. I said, well, we've got a tremendous amount of experience in compliance, specifically BSA, AML. And a lot of people get confused with what that means, but it's really 
who do you bank? Who do you want to bank? And she said, well, you're doing a great job promoting this and doing the marketing on LinkedIn. We should keep in touch. And I said, we should do more than that. We should work together. Through that, Lisa said, you know, there's really an opportunity to take this compliance thing that you're working in and carrying that with, through the marketing vein to what are you doing on social? How's this impacting your, your culture? And, um, and so that's what we've been working on because the BSA compliance aspect is a little boring. Right. Right. So now we're talking about social media compliance. And what are you doing? What are the parameters that you've set in place? Do your employees know those parameters? And are you training them to work within those parameters? Right. And one of the things I've always said to jump in is um, when, when we've talked with, with clients about social media is how do we start? What do we do? And I said, the first thing we have to do is make, H, uh, make, make social media not, not a marketing issue because you're armed with all of these people hundreds, dozens to hundreds to thousands of employees, we need to make it an HR issue in that we need to give them the guidance of what, um, of what they need to, need to be saying and then empower them, give them whatever, whatever parameters. And then if they break it, then it becomes marketing doesn't need to be scolding employees about what, what they're posting or, or quotas or things like that is make it a job role expectation thing. Now I'm getting some some weird looks. No, Lisa's overseen this compliance. So from an outsider, I just gave you my angle. Lisa, you should. Right. I think it's challenging for HR to oversee this. I think and, that, and I'm completely naive and wrong about it. No oh, one ever adopts it. <laughs> but I'm just saying, in a perfect world. In a perfect world, yes, they the, would do that. You get the free realm to go be a human, to be social on social media. And if you do something stupid... It, it's an HR issue. Otherwise, you just have some parameters. And Okay. From that angle, I can see where if there was training involved. And I think that's where I see the, the sort of disconnect is that you have these institutions that say no one can post on social media right. except for marketing. And that sort of solves the problem well, and for them. And you 2,000 employees that could be posting. Exactly. Right. Because right. what I continually tell community banks these days is that you have a community. Your community is moving online. So how are you engaging with your community online? And marketing is not the only person that should be doing that. Right. Right. So you allow your employees to have email conversations with people, phone conversations with people. That's the same thing on social media. They need to be having conversations with people. And so by training them and setting up those parameters, and it's really not that difficult. I mean, I think there needs to be ongoing training, but we're not talking about only posting pictures of, you know, Mrs. Smith's 100th birthday in the branch and look, let's take a picture of her with a cupcake. Although that's... Which we just made fun of that on our last podcast is it's our 100th birthday. Right. Everybody, we posted it and everybody well, saw we, it. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, if even posting that picture, then what are the, you know, what, what, are the, what are the privacy implications? Or you get to the other thing that it's only the group photo of 10 bankers at a Habitat for right. Humanity. And again, this is where I'm getting at about being an HR issue. HR is where training lives. Generally. Generally. But I'm just saying, open it up. Removing the fear that only marketing can do it and everybody else is always going to screw it up and opening that those, not really floodgates because that sounds a little more negative, but but not throwing away this resource you have. I think it's a great resource. And I think, yes, there's HR, I guess, should manage that in some capacity, but there should be training. Not manage and, it. I just said it should be an HR issue. Issue. 
Because I yeah. think marketing should manage do and manage it. and direct it and do the training that goes along with that because you're the, you know, marketing the one is developing the messages right. and you want those messages. But we're talking more about that. How do you leverage social and the content on social to educate your community? That's what you really want them doing is they want, you want them to think of your institution as an expert in something, as a resource. And how do you train employees to utilize content and things of that nature to sort of position your institution? Yeah. And you, you hit on a point of how do you position it? I think that comes down to the content you want to provide and put out. And so since you are the, the compliance experts per se in this, what type of content should banks not be doing and what type of content should they be doing? And let's get away from the ones we make fun of the hundred year, the golden shovel in the ground, the handshakes at the, I mean, that, that is, that's employee like, of the month. That's Bush League marketing. So it's, it's compliant, but yeah. it's not, it's not what, it's not engaging is what I would say. Here, here's what, um, this is a conversation that I had with a large bank, top 20 bank. Marketing does all of our content. We are not allowed to create any content. Okay. Well, are you allowed to share that content? Oh, yeah, we encourage it. Great. <laughs> well, would it be okay if an employee said, I think you should read this? Oh, yeah, that'd be nice. Okay. What if you had someone that specialized in manufacturing that said, based on my 15 years in manufacturing, I think this third quarter economic forecast means this, this, and this to the manufacturing industry. Oh, that'd be great. Well, <laughs> I know it would be great, yeah. That's but you can't, you haven't trained your people. Right. Right? So how many people do you guys bring in a new crop of employees every two weeks? You've got new people. So there's that training from the very start that's just, you know, I've been in college and, you know, I've been on Tinder. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Tumblr, whatever they're called. And then... <laughs> All the way to a business banker that's a deep expertise in how do I demonstrate my expertise? Right. Yeah. And they have a perspective. And the reason I laughed and shook my head when you were saying that, when you got down to that third tier, I can also see a compliance officer, at least an attorney within a bank, in-house counsel saying, well, that, that gets really close to, um, to investment advice. When, you, when th this table absolutely knows it's not. And so... So how does a because one of the things we said is using as, as as an excuse earlier. I know some risk mitigators who are doctor knows on everything. Sure. Ooh, that sounds a little too much like. So when can you get into that dance, that balance of making the argument that no, it's not. This is why it's not because again, it is silly to you, or, or, or right. and you work in it, so maybe right. you have heard right. it. I have a situation where I know someone was not giving investment advice and an attorney said, ooh, you're getting really close to giving investment advice. The way I look at in-house counsel is you're the one that's supposed to let me get on the fringes and you're not supposed to tell me when I'm getting too close to the edge sure. or I'm really 50 feet sure. away. In that example, obviously it's pretty far away yeah. from investment advice. But how do you begin to 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 combat the um, the curmudgeon that doesn't or, want or to put credit anything? counseling? That's another one. Okay. We, were, we were going to put out a post one time about credit and we were going to say, I don't want this to come up. I love our compliance guys. They are they are they are forward thinking and progressive for compliance at our bank because we do a lot of things like our crafted show and Renaissance Nation and RenaissanceNation.com. Little plug there uh, with content, and they allow a lot of stuff that other banks. I, I won't say other banks don't. I think we're creative enough and we know what we're doing enough that they trust that it's good and they let it go. 
But one they had a little concern with was we were going to do a, a top 10 list of credit advice and things we could tell you. Sure. And they came back and said, you know what? We're not CPAs. We're not attorneys. We're not, I don't know that we're qualified to give credit advice. And so we sourced every advice and they said, well, still it's coming from the bank. It's telling people, and it was all good info. It was about the dates when they check your credit scores and how to you know, not take credit at a certain time if you're trying to buy a house. Yeah. It was your general stuff. One and bank would have called it, would have, would have okayed it. Compliance one, one, wise, one bank did do a very similar right. thing. We actually and used it, and they and they they weren't necessarily like don't do it, but they were really uncomfortable. And so rather than than fight the Risk battle, with, yeah, I just kind of said, you know, that's not a, it's not going to open any business. It was just a benefit. So we kind of pushed it aside and, and put it to the side, and there was no fighting over it. I was just like, you know, is it worth that when I got twenty other things I can do? But that's another one. So you're talking investment advice, you're talking credit counseling. Because you would think a financial service industry would want to counsel credit. Right. But can they? I think there's a way to tell the story that tells the same story in a different way. What you don't want to do is not say anything because then you haven't said anything. Right. Specifically when all of the studies are showing that when you talk to people about what they want from their bank, they want that sort of financial advice. When you ask customers, retail customers, what they want, they're like, I want my banker to tell me if I'm making the right decisions. I want to know if this is, you know, or I want to know how to do something. How do I save for a house? How do, when is a good time for me to do this? So that type of advice or information, education, maybe not advice, but educating your consumer base, I think is important. I mean, they want that. So figuring out how to do that within the confines of compliance, I think is like Carrie said, it's just how you tell the story. There's a new regulation that's coming out in BSA emails that called the customer due diligence rule. You may have heard about it, right? Explain it real quick it for, is, for those that have because okay. I don't know that I have, and I okay. probably should have. Well, uh, <laughs> or maybe think I have forgotten. Think of uh, an umbrella. At the top of the umbrella is KYC, know your customer. Okay. Right? Pretty yep, logical. That, yep. um, it, it, all banks think know your customer just means from a compliance standpoint. Terrible, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Within that, the first thing you do, there's CIP, which is collect basic information. You need to check an account. Here's my driver's license. Confirm. The second is customer due diligence. And that customer due diligence is, I want to have a business, and it's more than just a checking account. I need to, I need to get a little bit more information on to verify your TIN and that information. Mm-hmm. And then there's enhanced due diligence, which is, you're high risk based on my risk profile, which is over here, and therefore, I need to collect all this additional information. Well, within that rule, there is something that says you have to c- collect... Uh, beneficial ownership information. So John owns part of the company and Josh owns part of the company, right? And so we have to gather this information. So all the banks are freaking out and they want to know, tell me what to do. Tell me how to implement it. Well, how can I tell you how to implement something when over here you have to tell me first who you bank? Right. And who are you going to let through the door? That's no different from compliance when social media, right? Tell me what we should do. Well, tell me what you're Social media compliance is. Right. And what are the parameters and what are the boundaries and what we within those boundaries, how are you going to train your employees to leverage your content? Because if you're not, you're not doing any good. I think a like and a share is equivalent to standing on the side of the interstate, pointing at a billboard, hoping that your target customer drives by. And then hoping that your target customer sees you pointing at the billboard, they see value in the billboard and somehow associating that value to you as a business banker. Right. It's just not going to happen. So add context around the content 
and do that in your in your expert way. And what have you done? You've you as an expert, you've saved me time because you've told me what that content's about and you made it relevant to me versus just generic content. I think the scariness of it and is is the permanence of social media and and the reason I say the scariness is because we send bankers out into schools, uh, financial wellness seminars all day long. But if you took that same information and put it on social media, it would scare the heck out of bankers. No, would it scare them? It would, the, you know, that risk mitigator mental profile, psychological profile would say, "All right, what? I've heard these discussions. We posted on on January first, twenty eighteen. Are we removing it when the law changes on March thirty second? Whatever, March fourteenth." 2022. What are our protocols? What is well? Those people will be out of business. Yeah. Honestly, right? They're dead. But, but if, listen, if you spend, if you paralyze yourself, yes. you're done. Yes, but but this is. I think this is why there's paralysis to begin with. Well, yeah. Okay, I think but, that, that's yeah. why two years ago there were 6,100 banks in America, sure. and there are 57. But we're going to be there's going to be another number gonna, of banks. Yeah, I was so going to say the this. massive consolidation right. is going to continue. That's not going to change. Right, but these but, things are exacerbating that because people can't figure out how to work. Well, let me challenge environment. It with this. Some people can. Do people? Do we go through the same process before an email goes out? No. Well, or, or before a bank talk. This is the no. Thing. This is the argument that I have is after managing creatives for nearly twenty five years, the most important thing I found is a very simple rule: just rules, implementing rules. You can be as creative as you want. Here's a strategy. It should be: here's your target audience. Here's this, and creating rules. And so many people are. We're talking about how do we live in a rule-based environment with compliance. That's what it is. Adherence mm-hmm. to rules and how do we react to them. But it's training. And, again, I want to be real clear when I say it's an HR issue. Marketing should still have control. But where I'm getting at with that, because we kind of jumped to something else, is sometimes marketing is asked to police it. Correct. And marketing can't go create content and do all this stuff. And then because everybody doesn't want to have conflict, then go in and say, no, you're screwing up because it's not your role. And this is where I'm talking about the demarcation. It's hard to do in a 20-minute podcast to talk about everything that's going on. But what we're talking about is creating rules, creating those rules within your environment. How do you interact with a customer at Teller Row? And how does yeah, that extrapolate? Karen, give us some, give us some rules. And, and listen, give us yeah. some some like standard rules. Like mine are don't tell that it's a customer of the bank unless the customer has signed a wa- you know, waiver. Same thing in commercials. And my other rules are uh, don't quote a rate. I've always said that. Don't quote a rate because – not only does it change tomorrow, you might not be able to give that rate due to credit, whatever well, background. I would be able to gather the yeah, data exactly. In the so first I, place. I, but I don't like. I don't even like my mortgage bankers, and some do, and I don't. I love that they can. But you know, today's rates are this, and tomorrow's rates will be this. We think rates are going in this direction. That, that's a hard one for us to do. And then the the third one that I've always had is just um, well, we supply the content in marketing at our bank, and I, I don't mind if they retweet something. But you know, I do think there has to be kind of a here are the five rules that you just don't need to wade into. And that and I, what do y'all have? If you it's, had it's, three, just, four? it's 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 I know I know the, the culture of the bank. It's the culture can of make the bank, right? Yeah. I think the heart of the issue, and you talked about HR. What we say we do is we integrate social media into sales, marketing, culture, compliance. Okay, so that's H, that's part of HR. It's part of marketing. It's part of your sales. Function. Your business banker that says. Now, here you go, John. Here, your 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 target market is five million to twenty-five million dollar companies in this geography. That is a revenue range. That's not a target market, right? And here's your call list. It's not 1980 anymore. 
So what system do you have in place that's running parallel, that's marketing helping you with, to leverage what you're doing well from a content standpoint to demonstrate your expertise? Who have you banked well? And, and warm those calls. I mean, that, that your, right. your cold call list. Oh, I've heard of you. I've I've seen. I mean, how much different is it for for that banker? And let's just go with you know, Mister Banker Bankerson, boring Joseph A. Bank suit. Nothing wrong with those, but just you're you're going in, and I'm Mister Bankerly Bankerson every day. You're not getting picked off by another bank because you're not that good, but you're just solid. But you're really good at that handshake, and you're really good at that cold call. All right, hey Bill, it's good to meet you. I see that you do this versus Bill on the other end. Bill's the customer saying. Right. Hey, I, I've seen you guys. My wife showed me a post, and I see where you helped XYZ Company. I mean, how much better does it does, – oh, exactly. what does that enhance that person's life? I think that one of the things that Carrie and I say a lot is the days of coffee, lunch, golf, repeat are over. Mm-hmm. Right, so everybody's too busy. Everybody's I hate that I got into banking busy. when that ended. Right, uh, yeah, that's what I got into I got into advertising when the whiskey ended. Yeah, uh, yeah Mad Men was done when you got into advertising. <laughs> so how do we, you know, move our business bankers and our our um, our retail branch managers from understanding that coffee, lunch, golf, repeat is gone, and really they've got it. This whole think of us win is dead, right? Yeah. So you, it's think of us because it's because they saw an article that you commented on or it's because you made a post and you're positioning yourself not just you know in a revenue range but as an expert in particular lines of business and I think that's really what's important and I think that banks have got to look at what parameters are we going to give our bankers to utilize social media and that I think this is where the problem is right is that they haven't really realized that or acknowledged that their communities moved online and that you've got to be engaging online with your community and until they do that you're going to have this sort of wait no you can't say anything wait no that's that's a no instead of hey you know what we've got to learn how to do this so let's sit down and talk about what we're comfortable with and what we're not comfortable with and outline that and then train our people and how to have that conversation and and the thing i would say there's the biggest change that I see that bankers that banks have to make in this area is banks have historically been reactive entities. You tell me the parameters of your business, give me your um, give me your personal financial statement, how are you going to guarantee this loan, blah, 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 and then I'll give you a rate. It's all take. Yes. And banks are not used to by a personality profile of an entity, of an industry to being proactive and to saying, I'm an expert here. I mean, it, th- that's when people start really getting uncomfortable. Like, Ooh, I, I can't, I can't go out and comment and say, that's a really good thing. But have you ever thought of this, this aspect? Because that might be, a, it, it goes back to what I said, that risk mitigation and living in such a compliant environment. Um, and then there's always the, well, if I do this, then I'll tick this other customer off who will call me because it's just this weird network. If I comment on this guy's article about his business, it's going to tick off the competitor over here. So it's always better for it to operate in the uh, in hidden, the, in, yeah, yeah. In, in this um, behind some weird edge. And so, it, so it's just so much effort to get bankers to poke their head up above that hedge and say, "Hey, I'm uh, not just I'm over here. Here's my picture in my suit." Uh, well, let but, me, but well, let's give engaging. some some how we do that because that's kind of I think the value of. Th- the marketing money podcast. And mm-hmm. one thing we've, we've done, and you know, I'm only give you my experience because that's my world is we've started doing these LinkedIn training labs 
and we get our bankers, 20 or 30 of them together, and either they bring a laptop or they open up, and we talk, we go through a, a checklist and a report card of making sure their profile looks good. I share with them the content that they can post, and a lot of it's bank generated, and some of it's just, well, you can repost this article. If it's a, if it's USA Today, you can repost a USA Today article. It is public information. You're not you're not getting in trouble for that in my mind. Now I wouldn't post something that was negative on your industry. Right. But we try to teach them what to do and how to navigate LinkedIn, how to how to look for sales and use the sales, you know, if you want to go premium or use their sales aggregator, whatever you want to use. So we try to teach that. Now we've just started it. I mean, it's, this is a new thing and our bankers love it. Like they like it's, they're like, you mean this Rolodex that I've had with all these business cards for 20 years, now it's right here and I can open up premium and see everything. And I'm not selling for LinkedIn, but I'm telling you it is You're a bringing pr- your bankers a, to 2008. It's a yeah. pretty good se- It's a pretty good <laughs> sales. You know, Eventually, I, you'll get to 2017. I had, I had lunch with um, an attorney yesterday, and we're talking through, and I'm telling him what we do in our content, because we've mapped out all of 2018. Every day for 2018, we know the topic we're talking about, and it's building towards an event late year. So we are building towards something. It's not topical. It's not top of mind. It's not you know something good or bad it's happening focused. in the economy. It's focused, right? And so he said, we were deep into the conversation. He said, well, you know, no one's really going to hire me because I'm on LinkedIn. And it didn't really stop me the first time. But then he said it again. And I said, okay, so you're an expert in a specific area in defense law. He said, yeah. I said, how do you get business? Well, mostly referral. Okay. And so when John refers you, what are they, where are they going to go? They're going to go to your website. And it's going to have your picture and two paragraphs. One paragraph is about school and worthless, and the other paragraph is about what you do. Now, the other scenario is that they send your LinkedIn page, and you've got a year's worth of content telling stories about what you do and your expertise. You tell me which one's going to work best. Well, and how do you win a case? You substantiate. Right. Well, I mean, that's a way to win. But, right. But, but, and so it's kind of funny that attorneys don't. Sometimes get the reverse argue. We're not going to tell them anything about it. You're talking about the depth of that. And so the way we train is on LinkedIn, how are you engaging that target customer? Not by likes and shares and not by spammy, connect me and I don't know you. That's weird, right? Spam, still spam. But how do I take that Wall Street Journal article? How do I say what I do best? In the comment section, forward it and say, hey, Josh, I saw this article. I thought of you because X, Y, and Z, and based on the industry that you're in, you've saved me time because that article is spot on for me, mm-hmm. but you've extracted the value out of it. And now I know, damn, Josh is pretty smart. Yeah. And it was a probably, soft sale, too. I probably oh, totally like, read this sale. and talk to me That's about it. Right. He was like, hey, check this out, man. That's check right. this out. Check That's it out. right. And there's an art to doing that, and most people miss it. They just don't. They just, they're, well, I'm on LinkedIn. Well, and so that's a good point that I pushed on the bankers too. I said, I said, don't tell me you're on it. Tell me you're in it and doing it because it, I think it's worse for your brand and, and our brand as, as our company if you've just got 20 people that just have a picture and a name and it's just floating out there, kind of like they're just, oh, in case somebody, I said, you've got to engage in it. Otherwise, there's no reason to be on there. Just erase your profile if you're not going to engage the in words it. The words I've used is there's a difference between having a presence and, and being present. I mean, I can, you're not, you're just not there. It, anyway, there, there's a lot of bad stuff. But to your point earlier, and you you talked about, you know, a ner- you know, hey, I'm over here, a nervousness about saying I specialize in something. I mean, you're done. 
Isn't that bank, how, you make how many banks do you know that say service is what separates us, right? And how those same banks compete on price. So you have created, let me get this straight, you've created a high touch, low margin business. Mm-hmm. That's a horrific business. That, that's parody. <laughs> that's all parody because everybody's service and everybody's serving the same everybody's rate. Everybody's saying, and, and their chest is out when they talk about service right. is what separates. No, no, it's not. So right. now you're moving into a different part of the value equation. Okay, what does it mean? Why am I? Why am I going to go to? If you're a business development person, I don't want to go to coffee. I don't want to go to lunch unless you're going to tell me something that's meaningful to the thing I care about most. And if I'm a business banker, it's my business. Yeah. Or unless you're, I've heard that you give everybody, you know, um, two points better on a loan. Well, that, yeah, yeah, but you then go. it's commodity. But then then it's a commodity. commodity. Yeah, I, I know. I'm just saying. But that's that. That's what you really see in today's world. Is, yeah, I well, think, because uh, bankers because, haven't because positioned themselves. Right. And, and it goes back to the same thing. Exactly, banks, because they haven't positioned themselves as a resource or an expert. There's no right. value. Well, banks are uh, they're, they're blockbuster before Netflix came. Right that's now. it. So they're saying, hey, there's, here's what we do. Think of us when you want to rent a movie. Right. And oh, by the way, we've put all these convenient locations for you to come to us. Right. So well, you guess flip what? It and Your customer it. don't yeah. want to come to you. Yeah, and marginal yeah. benefit. You flip it and say, I go there in the movie that you can keep it for an extra day or whatever. It's just, it's the same thing, and people can't get into true differentiators. One thing I want to bring back is is something that I set up and show my master ability to set things up is what I've been doing is listing some impossibilities. So, this whole thing about HR that's wrong it's essentially wrong, but it's trying to get marketing can't police 2,000 employees and do its job. But a lot of times it's asked to do. But then getting it over the true training, it's no one wants to bite this off because they don't see value in social media. At the end of the day, I mean, the beginning of the mm-hmm. day, they don't see the value in it. Yet, it's gone from new media to absolutely traditional, that people are engaged and connected like never before. We see things in the news right now. It empowers people to come out when they've been sexually harassed or all this stuff because everybody's connected or to share the good news. And it's also um, impossible to get bankers to change their mind. So we've set up this this thing that it, that it becomes almost insurmountable to do within an institution. Almost. Because there's help, right? There is help. Yeah, there there will be. From the ta- outside. You talked about the numbers. I mean, there's, it's going to be. Lisa's a, ready. She's on the, she, she's it. ready. She's, you you she, talk about the I blood. Just, I, just, I just set it up. No, no, go ahead. Anyway. No, I'm just saying, well, you've said it before. I mean, this is, people are in denial. That's it. And they're on, they're in denial on two things that it's not important. I can't do it either. It's Correct. important and I can't do it or it's unimportant and I don't want to do it. And I don't want to do it. And I think and those that's are the prof- part of those it. are the major profiles that, that I would mm-hmm. say I see in the marketplace. Consistently. I see that in the marketplace. And, and then I, you've got the one in 20 that, that needs it and wants it. But then that other personality exists. It's not important, not urgent or undoable and not urgent. Which is why I think it's important, and Renaissance doing, I mean, y'all are doing a great job at doing that. LinkedIn Labs, that's a fabulous idea. You know, having, easing into it. You know, I think you guys said that on your uh, last podcast, your social media podcast, about choosing one medium. You know, Seth Godin says that all the time. Choose one place that you can be effective. If you want to dip your toe in that water, you know, hire some people that can train your people engage in some sort of system, set those parameters up. It can be done and it can be done step by step because, you know, bankers don't do, we, we don't go all in all at one time. 
So I, I think that that's, they have to acknowledge and recognize that this is the way the world is and that their community is online. I mean, over 65% of all interaction is done on a mobile phone. Um, you know, you've got to be engaged online. And we've got people that are, well, we've got certain um, fintechs, I'm, I'll do air quotes, fintechs that are rolling out their new responsive platform. That just shows you when that's acceptable, that shows you how screwed up the industry is. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. it, it really yeah. does. And people aren't burning down buildings over things like that. If you've had one foot in and out of the industry for the last 10 years, it's one of the most infuriating industries of what the industry will accept because the experts, the big guys, well, I mean, the big guys, the big banks are going and building it themselves and they're not talking about it because they have a competitive advantage. I will build all of this internally with my internal staff. The community banks are are playing catch up. The small banks, the medium banks don't know where they fit in it. And I can make a case in each of these, a $100 million bank needs help with social media for these reasons, but they also have the ability to do it better and easier for these reasons. The mid-sized bank, same thing. They have a different set of reasons. And then the big banks obviously have all the resources in the world. Sometimes they just need to get out of their own way and actually focus. Yeah, absolutely. The needs are different. Tell them about the uh, the bank in uh, Louisiana that we talked to that was in that $100 million range. And Horrible sorry. banking environment or, or a difficult banking environment. Louisiana is hard, a hard place to be a bank. We were talking to him, and, and they are so small, and they look at their geography as the city limits. And so their whole issue with social media. I just I mean, laughed. That just reminded me of a old social media or something commercial or e-commerce which where the farmer goes up and he's talking to his buddy. And he's like, we already banked the whole county, Joe. And he's like, it's, it's there's more than just the county, Joe. No, no that's yeah. exactly yeah. the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. That is exactly the conversation we had. Oh, well, we want to grow. And so we start talking about, you know, ways that you could, you know, what do you do and how can you leverage that? And he goes, well, well, we already bank everybody that, you know, does that. In- and we're, why are you talking to a marketing consultant at all? Uh, he said, well, we have someone that, that, that does our Facebook. Oh, well, right. What, what, yeah. do they, what do they, they do? do our Facebook. Well, I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, they're young. What's your, content? Content? What's your strategy? Right. And, yeah. and, and hey, same thing, not even in the South, not even in the rural South, but in a, at a, a Pacific Northwest financial institution, eighty between 80 and 90% market share in the county. I'm talking to them, flew 2,700 miles to talk to them. You have 80-something percent of your county. When are you going to branch? We're not. 2020. After 2020. Okay. Um, what are we going to do to expand it? Let's do a targeted campaign. Just whatever. I, I'll be generic, so I'm not letting any secrets out of the bag. No no plans. I said, well, I'm gone. I mean, you don't you, – you, you have, yeah, you have nothing to do. You enjoy your, your incredible market share in your county, and um, good night and good luck. And I think that's the deal, right? The same thing with this bank. They they have the market share in the little place that they are. They don't want to, but they want to grow. Mm-hmm. Well, they want to grow. Because you're supposed to. Because you're supposed to. But they're not going to branch. They're not going to go outside the city limits. They're not going to do, okay, well, we can't help you're you. Gonna, you're you're you, going to be $100 million you, for until, you, until you, well, uh, well until and, for, you, and forever equals the next three right, I was going to yeah. say, until you sell. Yeah, $200 million in, exactly. in, to, to prognosticate. You can tell me if this is compliant for me to say or not. In the next three years, I'm going to go under. I would say five, but I'm going to go under and say three years. I think I, I don't know. I don't see a world where a bank can be under two hundred million dollars. 
Oh, that is so my cup of tea. Carrie's like tossing it to me. You know, I've been saying for years uh, that if you aren't larger than 500 million, mm-hmm. you you can't survive long term. And we're beginning to see that with the consolidation in the industry. And that's going to continue. You don't see continue. the $70 million bank anymore. You don't see the $80 million bank. So, I mean, it's not like this is... Well, there's too it's, much well, cost it's overhead. I mean, the talent level, you can't You, you can't, can't do compete. it. You cannot compete. They're and not only can you not compete, but the, you know, the board of directors is aging. There's no succession plan. You know, I mean, I could probably, we all could probably sit here and list two dozen banks that we know that are on the market and ready to go. And what's their marketing plan right now? Oh, I'm the go. little high-touch community bank service. Service. that's about, service. That's about service. to get gobbled up service. by, here's by what the I, big bank. Here's the probably only $2 billion. Exactly. Yeah, the big, here's the question. If community boundaries no longer protect your bank, what the hell are you waiting for? Yeah. yeah. Go. Go These, now. Why are you not online? It's simple, which is obviously a part of a big bank now, but anybody, that's the thing I would say about the $200 million bank. You have the footprint. I just got um, an Amazon card from... Synchronicity Bank is a $73 billion bank that I'd never heard of. But I was like, who put out this Amazon card? You can, that that small bank can go do what it wants to. It can be that online only bank. I I don't know that doing it from Louisiana would be a great idea. With the the oversight that that the state has, but you can just go do that. Go grab it if you want to. Again, it's the biggest problem I see, and I'll let John wrap it up and let you guys say anything else that needs to be said, but I say this over and over and over. The biggest competitive factor, because everything's parity. They're marketing on a parity basis. The product is parity. The biggest competitive factor is inertia. An object at rest tends to stay at rest, or an object in motion tends to stay in motion along the same trajectory. But nobody out there, all this talk, and we go to all these things, we hear about disrupt this and disrupt that and Uber of this, and uh, I'm sick of it because nobody Nobody is breaking that path and deciding to do it. Way to depress me at the end there. You yeah, but that encouraged somebody. So that, that got somebody this, going. There's somebody, the somebody has made this a somebody. choice to change that's with that, that was, statement. That was the human description to go full circle of the Ric Flair 30 by 30. It started out with, woo, and it ended with, oh, man. It's almost over with. So, Karen, Lisa, give us some any closing remarks you want to make as we wrap up this podcast. It's gone a little bit over, but I think it's been a good discussion, so I didn't want to stop it. I would say you just jump in and start. If you exist on social channels, you, you don't exist. Well, let me let me let me let me focus this a little bit. Our listeners haven't heard of you. Hopefully not. Hopefully they have heard of you. But if so they, they haven't, like, give them a little context. Like, why saying. why should we? We've talked. We we've prognosticated. We've talked about our our expertise, our areas, but. When should someone, if somebody's sitting there like, well, okay, I hear that they're pretty smart, but when should I call either of these fine individuals? I would say when you know that you need to do more on social, you don't have a plan, and you recognize that the pictures of the cupcake aren't cutting it, <laughs> and you know that you need a strategy and a plan, that's us. And we are excellent on the business channel. So business banking that wants to leverage it in a better way and integrate it into sales, marketing, culture, compliance. compliance. I like it. Say that again. Sales, marketing, culture, compliance. Yes. All right. All right. We're going to sign off here from the uh, terrible attempt at making Ric Flair interesting because he's interested in himself by me. Our audience wasn't interested. No, and neither was I after I started talking about it. I just went, (laughs) but anyway, we did get into some good compliance 
ideas and some good strategy. Uh, we have uh, Carrie and Lisa from Cypress Resources. Look them up at cypressresources.com or on LinkedIn. And I think you know Josh and myself as the resident I don't even marketing clowns anymore. on here. So anyway, sign off for Marketing Money Podcast at marketingmoneypodcast.com. See ya. and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants and do not reflect the official policy or position of any financial institution or agency, Renaissance Corporation, Renaissance Bank and its affiliates, or the Mavis Agency. For more information, please visit marketingmoneypodcast.com.